Aleluia. 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 The, the battle's not yours. I, I was thinking as she was singing that in the Word of God when young David stood eye to eye, well, not eye to eye, about eye to knee with Goliath and all of his full array of armor and a second armor bearer that preceded him in battle to carry his shield. A lot of people don't pick up on all of the the depth that there is there, that David looked up at Goliath and said, you come to me with spears and swords. I come to you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. How many know that uh, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and darkness, and that God has given us the authority in the name of Jesus to overcome. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but don't worry about it. I have overcome the world, and that we are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus at the right hand of the throne of God. You are an overcomer this morning because the battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. Thank you, CC. Powerful reminder this morning. Uh, many of us are fighting battles that aren't ours to fight. We're stressing over things that God never intended for us to stress over simply because we haven't learned to trust the Lord and to fully release to the Lord. We're going to go to the Word of God this morning. We have been in uh, the series uh, afresh this morning, or lately, on the I Am's of Jesus Christ out of the book of John, or the writings of John. We may get into a couple of them that are actually in the book of Revelations, but still the writings of John. As John recorded, so we'll be in John chapter 14 this morning. As John recorded the great I Am statements of Jesus Christ. Just as a reminder, that is a continuation. When, when Moses said, Who shall I say hath sent me? God said through the burning bush, I am that I am. And that, that was a beginning of a sentence in the Old Testament that Jesus completed in the New Testament. We're going to take just a moment. If we have any kids that don't have their coloring pages this morning, uh, we do have coloring pages for all the kids in the back. Uh, that, and, and you can try to, there, I think there's some uh, puzzles on there that you can fill out. There's coloring pages. And if you finish all of that, I love it when some of you actually take the time to uh, color something on the white board that's provided that goes along with the message. And so th this will be a fun task for you. You get extra credit for that. So uh, uh, you, you need extra credit to pass. John chapter 14. Just going to read the first seven verses let not your heart be troubled 
These are the words of Christ, by the way. I want to pause right there and say these are the words of Christ speaking to his disciples. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to be to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus answered and said to him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father. Also, from now on, you know him and have seen him. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for your word. I thank you for the reminder of the simplicity of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God, we try to make it so complicated and so difficult. But Lord, you're faithful to make your word known to us each. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, we get a three for, a three for one. Uh, Jesus said that I am, and then he gave us three things that he was. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I want us to pay special attention to a couple of things before we get too deep into this, and that is the article, uh, The. Uh, it is, it, it's not a um, generic A. The world would have us to believe that Jesus is a way, a truth, an option. Jesus used the definite in that there is no other. He said, I am the way the truth, and the life. There is no other way. There, in fact, he goes on to say further that, in fact, no one will come to the Father except through me. I am the definite article. I am the Son of God. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So it's important that we understand that because, again, we live in a world that, uh, that wants to accept and embrace everything. And even it's crept into some churches and some religious circles where well, let's just all love one another. And I believe that we ought to all love one another. But that doesn't mean I have to accept everything that you tell me. Because sometimes either the truth is the truth or it's not. Uh, sometimes we've got to believe something or not. And uh, I, like Joshua declared, as for me and my house, I have made a decision. I've, I've decided on whose side I will stand. And I believe that the Word of God is true. And I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. And uh, that's what Jesus is teaching here. Uh, and, and so he says that I am the way. Now, we, we misinterpret that scripture often as well. The way. Uh, Lord, show me the way. God, show me the way. In fact, Thomas kind of got confused there uh, in his answer because Thomas says, no, we don't know the way. We don't even know where we're going. 
And Jesus says, but I am the way. Now, let me, let me tell you, it, Jesus doesn't promise that I will show you the way. Right. He doesn't promise that I will point you the way. He said, I am the way. So that if we are in Christ, we are on the way. Christ is equipped for the journey. And we're not always equipped for the journey. God will take us places that we never imagined, that we weren't skilled to walk through, but that as long as we are in Jesus Christ, we are in the way. And God can't always show us the ultimate destination because the ultimate destination would scare you to death. So Jesus says, just walk in me. Just stay in me. Uh, how many has ever been on a plane ride? <laughs> I, I, I remember... At uh, 82 years old, I finally talked my mother into taking a plane ride. She said she would never ride on an airplane. And uh, we were going to California. And I said, Mom, I really wish you'd come with us. And she, I just am afraid to get on an airplane. I said, well, Mom, look at it this way. Me and Rhonda and Anna, we're all going. If the plane crashed, wouldn't you just as soon be with us than to have to live through losing us? And she said, I don't know, let me think about that. <laughs> uh, but she finally says, yeah, okay, if you are going to go, I'll go with you. And she got on the plane. But the point that I, I want to make is I had the ticket and I boarded the plane. I didn't know how to fly the plane. I, I didn't know how to do I don't. I still don't know how to fly a plane. Uh, I, I went one time up in a little old uh, Cessna with Randy Schlossen, and uh, uh, he was flying, and, you know, I, I, I'm a big guy. He wasn't a little guy, and we were kind of cramped in there shoulder to shoulder. Uh, and um, uh, he said, here, and handed me, says, you, you take hold of the thing, whatever that is, steering wheel, I guess, I don't know what you call that thing. And prop, whatever. And uh, I, he said, now hold it back, hold it back. And I'm like, I am holding it back. He says, you're dropping like 5,000 feet a minute or a second. And I said, well, then take it back. I'm going to crash this thing. I don't know what I'm doing. But I knew that the plane was equipped to get us to the destination. I didn't have to know how to get there. I don't have to know how to deal with the turbulence. I just have to know how to put my seatbelt on. I just got to know how to hang on. I just got to know how to have faith and trust and confidence in, in someone else. Now, if I can have faith and trust and confidence in a person, Jesus says, if you're in me, we're going to go through some turbulence. We're going to hit some rough weather. We're going to go through some rough patches. But I am the way, and there is no other way. And if you want to get to the def destination, you don't have any choice but to stay in me. Jesus told us that if we abide in the vine, if we abide in him, we will bring forth fruit. We will get to the place that that God intends for us to get to, there are times that all we can do is hang on. How many's ever been there? There are times, Lord, I don't know what to do here. I don't even know what to I've prayed until I'm out of things to pray. I don't know which way to go. I, I'm lost. I'm turned around. I'm trying to feel my way through. And, Lord, I don't know what to do. But the one thing that I do know is I'm going to hang on to Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to let go, and I'm going to wait this thing out because I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able to keep those things that I have committed unto him against that day. 
We have to hang on. We have to hang on. Uh, me and my boys have never been very big fans of roller coasters. Now, my uh, wife loves roller coasters. Uh, Gregory's wife loves roller coasters. Uh, Anna loves roller coasters. Dominic likes roller coasters. <laughs> I don't like roller coasters. I don't like to get in something that's going to spin me upside down and turn me all kinds of crazy ways and jerk me around and uh, come off of that track. And <laughs> but the one thing I do know, because I have ridden a few of them just to appease my wife, and the one thing I do know is the last thing you want to do is let go in midstream. I'm not the guy that's going to be, you're not going to see a picture of me doing this, coming around. Uh, you're going to see a picture of me hanging on. Why? Because I know that this thing has a better chance of getting to its destination than I do on my own. Can I tell you, there are times in the service of the Lord that you're going to see me hanging on with everything I've got. And I'm scared to death. I don't know what to do, but I'm not going to let go because I know that Jesus is able <laughs> to bring me through. And as long as I don't let go, I might be sweating tears. I might be scared. I might be trembling, but I'm not letting go. Why? He is, Jesus said, I'm the way. Thomas said, Lord, we, we don't even know where we're going. That's all right. You don't have to know where you're going as long as you know the way. There, there used to be an old phrase that you, you don't hear it much anymore. It's an old-timey term that people that were serving the Lord, they were referred to as being in the way. Uh, you know, that sister so-and-so's in the way or brother so-and-so's in the way. And I, I, I used that phrase one time at a funeral, and it really didn't come across right. Uh, Sister Doris was, had passed away, and I was doing her funeral. I said, Sister Doris has been in the way for years, and now she's with the Lord. But uh, I, didn't mean, <laughs> I didn't mean it the way that it sounded. She'd been in the way of serving the Lord. Uh, but, but the reality of the matter is, if you stay in the way, you stay in Jesus Christ, you'll make your destination. Amen? Oh, my Lord, I left my glasses down there, so we're going from rote memory. The second thing Jesus says is, I am, what, the truth. Again, he didn't say, I am a truth. I get, I get so tired. That, that frustrates me more than anything else when when. when secular world wants to teach scriptural doctrine. And they don't know what they're talking about. First of all, they don't know the Word of God. And secondly, they don't know Jesus Christ. Thirdly, they don't have a relationship. They don't have the Holy Spirit. So just be quiet. If you're there to tell me about the weather, tell me about the weather. Don't tell me about something you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, you, you know, you get, you get people on... Uh, newscast now well all I know is you know Jesus just wants to love everybody and he wants us to love everybody well, that's true 
That doesn't mean that we have to accept everything that comes down the pike as truth. Jesus loved everybody, but he ran the money changers out of the temple. He, he rebuked the Pharisees and said that you're filled, filled with dead men's rot. Uh, you're whited sepulchers. I love you, but if you don't change the way you're living right now, you're not going to make it. Why? Because there is a reality. There is a truth. And if there is a truth, then there must be an untruth or a lie. And there's a lot of lies out there right now. There's a lot of lies concerning the things of God and what God is and who God is. I had somebody tell me one time, knocked on my door, and they were with a different uh, religious group. They weren't Christian. And, and they, they came and they said, well, what if, uh, you know, do you know that Jesus was, had visited the United States of America? And I says, well, he abides in the United States of America even now. Uh, you know, the presence of the Lord is here. No, he physically visited the United States of America. And I'm thinking, now, I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But I know some very basic history. And uh, not, not even counting the religious history that I know that confined Jesus to a pretty small area in his lifespan, but the secular history that I know that, that will tell you that the United States of America did not even exist during that time span. And they says, well, I can show you in Scripture. Well, then you've got my ear. Because let me tell you, if Scripture said it, then that trumps secular history. So I said, then show me in Scripture. And they pulled out a book, but it wasn't the Bible. I said, no, show me in this book. And I handed them my Bible. Now, what, what am I getting at? There are a lot of things out there presented as truth. And the Bible says that if you're not careful, that even the very elect will be deceived. And, and that there are a lot of lies that are presented as truths. And so we have to be guarded and we have to be careful that there is but one truth, and that is Jesus. Now, Ephesians talks about putting on the whole armor of God. Ephesians 6, uh, let, let's put that, actually, let's go to 6, 13 and 14, Ephesians chapter 6. You, you'll know the, the, the passage real well. Can, can, and I didn't tell him 13 in advance, so it's not his fault. He didn't have that prepped up. But, uh, well, I can just tell you, Ephesians 6, uh, there you go. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Then we go into verse 14, stand. Now, uh, first of all, you can preach and have preached a whole message just on that phrase alone, having done all to stand stand. <laughs> How many knows that sometimes we've done everything, we've prayed everything we know to pray, we've done everything we know to do, and what do we do next? Then you stand there for. But then it goes a little bit deeper. How do we stand? And the very first thing that it says is that we gird our waist or we gird our loins with the belt of truth. Why? The very first part of the armor that holds everything else secure is the belt of truth. Jesus says, I am that belt of truth. The rest of your armor 
can't stand without the belt of truth. It's the very first part that's mentioned in Ephesians 6. You've got to have the belt of truth because the breastplate of righteousness has to attach to the belt of truth. The, the, the preparation of the gospel of Jesus Christ that we shot our feet with has to attach to the belt of truth. Uh, everything has to attach. The, 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 the sword uh, uh, it, it attaches to the belt of truth. Everything attaches to the belt of truth. Jesus said, I am that truth. So even when we don't understand what God is saying, we have to believe that it is truth and that there's nothing else beside that. Now, some of us that are a little more old school, remember that the belt not only holds everything secure, sometimes it can be used to discipline. Now, I'll get some complaints. I'm not even recommending it. I'm just making a reference point. Sometimes that belt can not only be used to hold everything in place, sometimes it can be used as a rod of correction. There's a few that understand what I mean. And so here, here's what I'm telling you. Jesus says, I am that belt of truth. Not only will I hold everything secure, sometimes when we, when we stray from the truth, we're going we're gonna to feel a little correction happen. <laughs> well, Jesus loves me so much. He don't care that I, that I wander over here and I do this. This is so, this is just something I enjoy doing. Oh, yeah, there, there's a word for that. It's called trespassing and sin. Now, the reality of the matter is Jesus does still love you if you trespass and sin. But he loves you so much that he doesn't want you to stay there. And so he might come over there uh, and kind of spank you back into line. See, I'm, I, 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 I'm, I'm, somebody's going to call DCF on me. But, but, but let, let me tell you, sometimes, let me and, and I can appreciate the correcting rod of the Holy Spirit because I want above everything else what to stay in the way. And the only way to stay in the way is to ad adhere to the truth. If we vary from the truth, we're going to get out of. And if we get out of the way, we're not going to make it to our destination. I cannot imagine. Now, some of you guys have all done it. And God bless you for that. And some people desire to do it, and that's on their bucket list to do. I can't imagine jumping out of a perfectly good airplane. I have a little bit of height phobia. I mean, we went to the Grand Canyon one time, and I was scared to death. I mean, I'm from here to the door to the edge of the Grand Canyon, and that was about as close as I wanted to get to. My boys were younger, and they were scaring me to death. And we even had little Aurora with us, and she was scaring me to death. And I was yanking them back. Don't get near. I could just see the, the gravel slipping out from underneath you as you got near the edge of that Grand Canyon, and it was a long way down. <laughs> so I, I, I have a little phobia. So I don't want to get near the edge. I want to stay in the midst of the 
the way. I want to stay as far. The only way I can guarantee you that you're not going to fall off isn't try to see how close to the edge you can get and still stay in. It's how, clo- how far from the edge can you live and still be in the world. And if you'll learn that, then you'll understand you have to abide in the truth. And then finally, he said, the last I am of the day, I am the life. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. We, we were singing that song earlier, and, and uh, he called me out of that grave. And there's a phrase in the beginning of the first verse of that song, I think. Uh, I think it's the first verse. But the, the phrase that says, I, I was breathing but not alive. How many know there are a lot of people out there that have what, I mean, clinically, medically, they're living. But theoretically, spiritually, they are dead. And they are miserable. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have life more abundantly. Now, I I like this phrase. Jesus says that I have come that because I have come, you now have a choice. You may have. The thief is here to still kill and destroy. That's all he does. And in him, that's what's going to happen. But because I have come, you have an option. You may have life, and you may even have life more abundantly. Can I tell you that I, I love Jesus? I love serving Jesus. I love, and and sometimes life is difficult, and sometimes it's hard, and sometimes we go through tough places. But I'm telling you what, I enjoy the life that Christ has for me, and it's nothing to do with social status. It's nothing to do with economic status. You can be broke and still have abundant life. You, you can be an outcast from society and still have abundant life. John, uh, when he was on the Isle of, uh, of Patmos, John the Revelator, he still had abundant life while he was in exile. When Paul was writing to young Timothy, by the way, we're going through the books of Timothy on Wednesday night, but when Paul was writing to young Timothy from prison, uh, awaiting his execution, he still had the abundant life of Jesus Christ. Can I tell you, the abundant life that God has for you has nothing to do with the circumstances around you. And that's why Jesus said, I am the life. And as long as you are in me, you shall never die. Hallelujah. I am the resurrection. Those that have accepted me shall never die. This world, Don't fear man that can only take the, 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 the breath out of this mortal body, but serve the one that can give you eternal life that goes beyond the grave, that goes beyond the things that you see. And as long as we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we don't have to fear. There's a tremendous confidence. There's a tremendous confidence. In fact, that's why in the first part of the text, let's go back real quick to the first part of the text. How does he start out? John 14, verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. 
Calm down. Everything's all right. That was the message we, well, we, we've been trying to get out since the beginning of this pandemic. Don't worry about it. Jesus has this. It didn't catch Jesus off guard. I, I'm not downplaying it. I'm, not, I, I'm just telling you it doesn't matter. Everything is in Jesus Christ. And as long as we're in Jesus, we don't have to be panicked. We don't have to be troubled. We don't have to be concerned. Because why? It doesn't matter. I'm in Jesus. It doesn't matter. Nothing can happen that can, that can take my eternity. I'm sealed in Christ. And so I'm all right. Hallelujah. You can't threaten me with eternity anyway. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not looking to, you know, make, make that trip tomorrow. But if I did, what I would want you to do as my church is come here and celebrate the transition. I mean, you can cry a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you can be a little upset but 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 i want you to say why because this world has nothing this world is temporary and as long as we are in christ he is the life i'm in he is the way the truth and the life I'm living ever since I accepted Christ. I've been living. I've shed tears, but I was living. I've struggled with finances, but I was living. I've now walked through with pandemics, but I was living. You know, I, by the way, God's hand is on us. And I'm not going to stray deep into this, and you need to be careful, and you need to be led by. And we've got some people that are watching online that are being very cautious, and God bless you. I don't, I don't fault anybody. Some people are in different positions and different places in their life and in their health and in their age and everything else, and so use wisdom. And, and, and by staying home doesn't mean that you're being fearful. It means that you're being maybe, you may, maybe being very wise. So I want to be careful how I present this. But I, I want to tell you that whether you're quarantining at home, whether you're going about life as usual, our faith is in God. And everything's going to be, every little thing. <laughs> Everybody here knew it, it must be. So, <laughs> yeah, so, uh, <laughs> uh, that, was, that was a test. <laughs> but here, here's, my, here's my point. I, I want us to leave the house of the Lord feeling confident and comforted compassionate to those that are struggling and praying for those that are struggling. But I, I want us to walk in the abundant life of the Lord Jesus Christ. There are some people that they, they just don't get it. And they live constantly miserable, constantly condemning others, constantly 
down on everything around them. I just want to encourage you in the Lord. Everything really will be all right as you trust in God. Because there's nothing, nothing. I, I, I look back on the darkest hours of my life. When I went through the sickness and illness with my father and he died as a, as a teenage boy and how hurtful and hard that was. But as I look back, I see that God was shaping me for ministry. In fact, God called me after that because God was preparing my heart during that season. Then I look back uh, at, at last year and the, the, the hard time that we walked through with my mom and ultimately went to heaven. And it was painful and it was hard. But then I look into this year and, and I see the pandemic where people can't even go to nursing homes. And I thank God. I says, Lord, I'm, I'm thankful. Because I don't know what I would have done. She had to have someone there with her 24 hours a day. She, she, couldn't, she couldn't communicate. I had to be there. I, I don't know how I would have dealt with it. You hear what I'm saying? So I, as painful as it was, I'm thankful. God has everything under control and his timing and his way and when you when you get that truth down deep in your spirit <laughs> that all things truly do work together for the good for those that are called of, of the Lord those that are uh, those, those are pursuing his purposes listen God is doing a good thing so whatever you're walking through today don't let it dampen your life in the spirit rejoice Rejoice. Thank you, Lord. I've learned, can I, if we can just get, and I'm going to stop, but somebody here maybe needs to just be reminded of this. Is, is it the quote verse I'm trying to quote? Is it Romans 8 38 or 8 28? I always keep reverting that because both of them are good. That all things work together for the good. 8 28. All things work together for the good to those that love the Lord. If we can get that one spirit, that one verse down in our spirit, it will transform your whole life. When you don't get the job that you thought you wanted, and then you think, well, evidently, that wasn't meant to be. All things work together for my good. When that, that third person that you thought, I absolutely must marry them, I absolutely must have them to be my husband or wife, and it doesn't come to pass, it must have meant to be. on and on and, 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 and when, when you tr apply for that loan to buy that dream car that you think you want to have and the bank turns you down and you can walk away and say okay it must not be meant to be not now maybe it's for later but it's not for now it will transform your whole identity when, when Rhonda first started uh, her business we I guess started her business but she's the president and CEO and we'd pray and we'd pray over every account and we God blessed us we got most of them but if occasionally we didn't get an account then we said okay Lord it must not have been for us when you go through life and you realize that it, you don't have to stress and worry so some of you here right now you may have just recently gotten a no on something you wanted 
if you have your life in Jesus Christ, hold your head high. Thank Him. God, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for protecting me from something. I didn't even know what was ahead of me. And God, you protected me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Would you bow your heads with me this morning? waiting a minute church is waiting on the Lord just 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 rest in the Lord for a minute there may be somebody here that you don't even know Jesus is your personal Lord and Savior maybe your response to I am the way the truth and the life is somewhat like Thomas's was Lord how do, we, don't, we don't even know where we're going. We don't know the way. Jesus said, you do know the way. I am the way. Choose me. Choose life. There, there may be some here this morning that you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You've tried to wrestle with every choice and every decision. And your life is miserable. It may look like everything is going good, but you're struggling because you don't really have that relationship with Jesus Christ. You've not boarded the plane. He is predestined. Predestined means he's bought the ticket for you, but you've got to board the plane. If you're here this morning, say, Pastor... I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior this morning. Just a minute, heads bowed and eyes closed. Would you just slip your hand up real quickly? I won't embarrass you. I won't call you out. I'm going to wait just a moment. Hallelujah, I see a hand. Are there others this morning? I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. you to pray a prayer like this. I don't want to guide your words, but I, I want to guide your thoughts. I want you just to acknowledge that you're a sinner. Father, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. I was born into sin, and God, my nature is sin. I have a sin nature. I try to do good, but Lord, I, this sin nature just constantly abounds in me. Lord, I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry, Lord, for the times that I've failed and I've disappointed and I've fallen so short. God, you've been so faithful, yet I have failed so many times. I ask for your forgiveness. Lord, I ask, God, that you accept me. And, Lord, that I want to get in the way. I want to get in Jesus Christ. I want you to abide in me and I in you. Father... This morning, I, I believe, Lord, that there's an open door. There's an access. And, Lord, I am, I'm getting 
in Jesus this morning. And it may be difficult, but God, I'm going to hang on. And in tough times, I'm going to hold on. While I'm in the way, I might mess up sometime, but I'm going to hold on. Because you are the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no other way. There is no other truth, and there is no other life outside of you, Lord.